Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Football Film Room Podcast. Hello and welcome inside the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg welcoming you in to our Super Bowl recap episode here of the Football Film Room on twitch.tv slash Football, or if you want to listen to us in podcast form, we hope that you are all subscribed to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts from. Chris, uh, I was on the Bucks, took the Bucks plus three and a half, and uh, they covered and won outright. Uh, you were fearful that this game was going to be a blowout. Little did you know it was going to be a blowout the other way. Yeah, I thought if uh, it was. If, I if wish it was, it was more yeah. competitive, but it was not. Yeah, I thought if it if it had a chance to be a blowout, it would be the other way. Um, a couple of things that just really jumped out. I know on Landry football, when we did the preview, we talked a little bit about what needed to happen first. Uh, and I, I mentioned it on last week's show, Tom Brady needed to be the best quarterback on the field Super Bowl Sunday. Well, he was now the play around him was better too. The protection was better. Uh, not that Patrick Mahomes, not more talented or anything, but the best quarterback performance on Sunday was Tom Brady. And, um, that, that was a big part of it, but the, the story was the defense. It was the defensive pressure. Uh, it was the ability with a spy with Devin white and, and running a lot of loops and using him as a spy. Patrick Mahomes did not have success finding his secondary or tertiary options. He didn't have a lot of success running a little bit, not a lot. And I thought the linebackers covered well, but they didn't have to cover long. When they did, they did so very effectively. But for the most part, they did a good job playing a lot of cover seven. Really, it was a lot of two deep safeties with brackets on uh, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill never got going. And again, they did a good job of making sure that they uh, kept the other guys in check too because Kansas City didn't have any time to throw the football. I mean, it was... um, it was really, really impressive. And, <clears throat> pardon me, all the comebacks that Kansas City had, mm-hmm. they didn't have the problems protecting like they did in this game. And with all due respect to the quarterbacks that they've come back against, none of them were Tom Brady. And defensively, the Chiefs couldn't get off the field. And, um, I mean, the Bucks' offensive line played well. Uh, I think their offense is – it come along a lot better during the course of the season due to the running back play. 
in both the run game and the pass game. I mean, looks this Bucks team just was phenomenal. They played great. Um, and you know, it just goes to show you that when they were at seven and five, they were on the ropes. They were on the verge of being out of it, maybe mm-hmm. not even making the playoffs, and they didn't lose one game since uh since that point. Just just yeah. really impressive. What's amazing is that you look at the Bucks offense and you know, Chris Godwin did nothing. Mike Evans had that one long catch. That's about it. Gronk had a nice game, and you know, you can attribute that to being the safety valve for Tom Brady or the fact that Cameron Brait uh, missed some practice time late in the week, and maybe the game plan was more for Gronk than it was for Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray's a guy that I thought was going to have a really good game, and he did have that one screen pass that he took for about 20 yards, but it was really about Gronk, who primarily was a, a blocker for the, the majority of the postseason, and maybe that's credit to Byron Leftwich, you know, not using Gronk at all in the postseason and then unleashing him in the Super Bowl that really caught Kansas City off guard. Offensively, the Bucs didn't do much, and they still scored 31 points, but it was the defense and Todd Bowles, who was the real MVP of this game, who designed an incredible game plan. The Chiefs missing Eric Fisher hurt so much. Mike Remmers was outplayed the entire game. Patrick Mahomes was on the run, and and his receivers, frankly, Chris, didn't help him out. Travis Kelsey had a couple of drops. Tyreek Hill had a drop. You know, the miracle play when he throws it like he's diving, uh, it hit hit the running back, hit Darryl Williams in the face mask. Um, so he didn't get helped out. The offensive line didn't do him any favors. And really, you know, defensively, it's not like the it's not like they, they couldn't stop the Bucs, but the Bucs still put up 31 points without their top players really doing anything. The offensive line was a big problem because they were weakened at three spots. You lose Fisher at left tackle. So now you take your right tackle, put him at left tackle. So you're not as good at left tackle, but you're also not as good at right tackle because you put your right guard at right tackle. And then you, then you put a very, you know, um, ineffective player in at guard. So you're weaker at three. Spots on the offensive line against that defensive front, very, very difficult. And they brought some second-level pressure, mm-hmm. brought some third-level pressure at time, but they 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 really did a very good job. I thought if there was anything schematically that the Chiefs would do a little bit better was early on, I thought they would run it a little bit more. Yeah. I thought they against two deep looks that they would run it more. Once they got down, they weren't running it because they mm-hmm. were too far out of it and they were going to throw it, try to throw their way back in. They just they were knocked off their game and they weren't able to protect well enough to allow for those play extensions. Uh and again, I think it's a combination of coverage and pressure that was the ultimate difference in their defense being really, really good. And then on the other side, you know, again, you can't get you can't get off the field against Kansas against the, this Bucks offense. Mm-hmm. That's the, the 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 Bucks won this game at the line of scrimmage, and that's hard to win games if you're getting controlled at the line of scrimmage. And the Bucks controlled them. The other thing that jumped out at me, Scott, I said this earlier today on another show. Watch the Bucks red zone offense. Mm-hmm. It's the Patriots red zone offense. 
Brady put that in. Well, I mean, he put that in with, with, you know, he said, left what you're doing it. And, and the things that they did with Gronk, well, that's where you can go in and you can say, you know what? Remember when we did, let's do this, let's run this. And so you go from Gronk being a, you know, an adequate contributor during the course of the year here or there. And he becomes a big factor in the Super Bowl. I want you to take me through this play. Um, and this is, uh, as you can see, the scoreboard here. Mm-hmm. Second quarter, it's a 7-3 game. It's third and eighth on their own 17. And this is the one that Kelsey dropped. But talk about the pressure here that you see from the Buccaneers and how it really affected Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. And then even still, you know, Mahomes able to get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, so you see some sim pressure. You see guys standing up. Are they bringing in? You're probably bringing in four. It looks like you're bringing four. Is anybody going to back up? So let's take a look at it at the snap. Obviously, you've got trips to the left. You've got a um, a single um, uh, up top. You see at the snap. So you're you're bring, you're seeing now. Watch the pressure. Get look. This is the looper here. And the spy, that's bringing some added pressure. It forces him to step up. Look at the depth of the receivers. You've got plenty of time for the inside guys to bring pressure. Where do you go with the football? What are the options? The options were plenty deep, um, and you didn't have time to get there. It's a drop here. There, The ball comes out. Just one hell of a job. Let's look at it again. Him getting this thing off. So you're running a loop here. You actually get a defensive end that's knocked down. You got an advantage, but look at the looper here. Devin White's coming in, beating a tackle here like a drum. Now you're getting the guy that was knocked down, getting back up. You see Mahomes getting it. What a throw. Boom, as you mentioned, a drop. So in all the plays, this helps you. This it's, Does this change the game? No. It's an indicator, though that it keeps the drive alive, it mm-hmm. converts a first down, and then you got four plays. And I think those things contributed to it. And, you know, I think we saw the pressure, the ball's coming out maybe a little bit quicker. You can't extend it quite as much. I thought they did a good job of setting the edge to where Mahomes couldn't get out. Even when he got out and extended, he just – there was – the throwing windows were narrower. And when you did get it to a guy – Kelsey didn't make enough plays. Hill, you could see him a couple of times, as you mentioned, a couple of drops. I think they were all pressing to try to make a play. They were all trying to get them back in the game. And with that said, when they were down 12, I still thought they had a chance to come back and get in it. But the difference is, you know, get the ball back. Get off the field defensively. Can you get stops? They couldn't do any of that. Um, and in that that at the end they just they had plenty of opportunities on offense but you know to think that they don't score a touchdown you realize that they it was 2017 the last time they went through three quarters without scoring a touchdown they went through the entire game didn't score a touchdown and what's amazing what's amazing is when when you think about it the bucks got stopped on a fourth and goal from the one inch line that game could have been uglier than it actually was. Yeah, I mean, there was a time in the fourth quarter when you're thinking, and I know, you know, and God bless Tony Romo. This game was over, but he kept on holding out hope. Ah, oh, you never know, Jim. Uh, touchdown here, and it could be a game. No, it was never. A game. <laughs> That's a good Tony Romo, by the way. <laughs> it was. It was. It was never a game. But at that point, though, 
when it could have been a a chance for the Chiefs to be down two possessions, it was only that way because the Bucs had gotten stopped on a fourth and one from the one-inch line. This could have been a four-possession game going into the fourth quarter, which was just – it was an ugly game. I never felt, even at the half, when a lot of people were saying, hey, Kansas City's going to wake up, right? They'll make adjustments in the locker room. They're going to come out. They get the ball first. They're going to score a touchdown in their opening drive, and this will be a game. I never felt that this was going to be a game after seeing the way that Mahomes was running for his life and seeing the way that the Tampa Bay Bucks offense just marched methodically down the field every time they had the football. This game, to me, never looked like it had a chance to be close. Well, I think the thing with the Chiefs is that they've made a living erasing deficits. So you think that that's always a possibility with them because they do it Well, they did it all year long. But this was different. It was different because the offense um, was not able to get on track at any point uh, with the protection problems. That was different. That was real. And against this defensive front, it was a bad combination. And then again, I'm going to go back to, again, the storyline was the Bucks defense against this Chiefs offense. But on the other side of it, Good luck. Even if you mounted a comeback, you were going to have to get off the field repeatedly against Tom Brady. And that's difficult to do with all due respect to doing it against guys that they did it in the playoffs last year, doing it against Tom Brady is a different beast. And, you know, they were able to run the football. They were bleed the clock a little bit with a lead. And they had not only a good game plan, but they executed it very well. They were very effective in the red zone. They made big plays when they needed to. The backs were really effective. Both Jones and Fournette did really good jobs for them. And that offensive line played well. Brady had was pressured a couple of times, but other than that, not a lot. He had a clean pocket mm-hmm. to work with. Big, big factor. So one of my favorite plays, and we <clears throat> talk about you know unsung heroes in this game. Antonio Brown scoring a touchdown uh, in, in a key drive. First of all, Andy Reid calling timeouts so that he ensured that Tom Brady had a minute left on the clock at the end of the half. I mean, you got to let the clock expire. You don't want to give the ball back to Brady with any time. He gets the ball back with 55 seconds left. And next thing you know, the pass interference down the field to Evans and they're at the goal line. But Chris, watch this play that, that Antonio Brown makes uh, at the goal line here. The route that he runs is just, you know, this is this is Antonio Brown we're talking about. Like he's at the, he's at the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. He completely outplays, and I, I don't know if that's Tyron Matthew or not. I can't see, but he completely outplays him on this route, and it's just unbelievable. Well, yeah, and the thing about it is, you can't be. You've got to. There's always the fear of a guy getting behind you, but you got to play tighter coverage there. You're defending the goal line. I mean, you've you've got that's just a bad job there. Uh, and it was Matthew and, you know, Matthew's got to get up there and, and, you know, you, you've got to be able to play that. And, you know, you've you back, he's backing up a little bit while he's defending that. He's just giving him enough of a space and he thinks he's going to plant and drive and get it, but he gets juke there. He gets juke like basketball player getting juke. And that's just enough, enough shake there where the ball is in there and he can't play it. And I, this may have been one of the times where he gets up, and he and Brady had a little bit of a jaw yep. thing. I don't know. And this was – I showed you in a, in a break. You, but you see there, obviously, Brady play fake. 
run game's working, so play action, bites a little bit, so you got no help there, so it's a one-on-one matchup. You try to knock it down at the line of scrimmage, it just it doesn't happen there. So it's a really good shake move by Antonio Brown. And, you know, you think about the impact of Brady on this team. He basically, obviously, is responsible for getting Gronk. He was responsible mm-hmm. for getting Antonio Brown there. Um, he wanted to get another back, and that's when they made the move to Fournette. Yeah. I mean, it was three – the touchdowns, the first three touchdowns were by all guys that were signed after Brady signed. I mean, yeah. so um, this was this was a team that really came together, and uh, it's kind of interesting to see. You see teams kind of grow and mature – uh, at different stages. Sometimes you see teams, you know, the Chiefs last year were good all year long. Again, I can't stress enough, folks. The Bucks. I, I went back and looked at the film grade notes during the year. Uh, the Bucks look wobbly a good bit of the year. And, and uh, as I said, seven and five on the verge of getting out. And I still say, you know, man, Jared Cook doesn't fumble the football. We're probably looking at the Chiefs and the Packers in the Super Bowl on Sunday. I mean, mm-hmm. because you probably, you know, the Saints beat the Bucs. The Bucs don't get out of that game. Probably the Packers beat the Saints. Don't know, but I mean, I think that's kind of, who knows? You never know, but that matchup was a tough one for Kansas City. They were beaten at the line of scrimmage uh, substantially the entire game. Um, and I just thought they played with a really, an edge. The other thing I thought was pivotal. Went back and looked at it. You know, last year in the Super Bowl against the Niners, they let the Chiefs' secondary play a little bit. In other words, you know, some of the in the in the first half, there was a lot of calls that I'm not quite sure. I say a lot. You know, there were some calls you say, "Hmm," while they're calling that, huh? Okay, they didn't call it last year. And so they got off the field a little bit more, and and they were successful. This year it led to, well, that drive that we just saw, that touchdown, mm-hmm. you, you know, that that set the tone. Weren't able to get off the field. Now, does, does that completely change the dynamic of the game? Well, I think it set the tone that it was going to be called a little bit differently because um, I thought there were some calls that, mm. now, the – the unsportsmanlike uh, penalties, the uh, lining up offsides—that's just stupid. You know, that's that, yeah. You know, that's on you. But the tight calls were could have could have been. You could have let that one go. It didn't. You know, it seemed incidental. Hey, you you're gonna have to adjust to play um, how the game is being called. There's nothing you can do about it. It's what you tell guys, and you know, as a coach, you just gotta adjust to it. And I just think this Chiefs team. While dynamic, you know, certainly got to be a little bit more more effective with the run game. And look defensively, you know, for I think Chris Jones is one of the more talented players in the league. You know how many sacks? Now he's got a lot of he's got he's a pressure player. So he gets some pressures, but he he does not have one sack in the playoffs past two years. Wow. You think that's impossible? Um, for impact guys. You gotta, you gotta take over. Now this team is built on scoring points and rushing the passer with a lead. And when you take them out of that element, when they're playing from behind, they can score points quickly, but, but not if they can't protect. And so, what's the moral of the story? Yes, Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal. He's great. He'll continue to be great. You still have to have a really good team.
Look at all the weapons he has. Look at how well the offensive line plays normally when they're at full strength. Completely different game. When you don't have that, things fall apart a little bit. He can't do it on his own. And I think we see that. You know, it's a team game. It's the ultimate team game. It's not basketball where, you know, a guy can take over a game. Get the, I'm going to run clear out. I'm going to take over the game for five minutes. You're on the field the entire way, right? Not going to have that. It's not like baseball where you have a great pitcher can go out and just shut out an opponent and win a game. It's not like hockey where you have a great goaltender that can just take over a game. In football, it's largely how well your weakest link is and how effective you are because like water seeks its level, the best teams will find a way to identify and attack your weakness. In this case, they really did a good job against the Chiefs. And this Bucks team at this point just is clearly better. And I wasn't convinced last week that they were able to pull it off. But, man, they did it. And it wasn't a fluke. It was not a fluke. Let's uh, go away from the game here. And, um, you know, congratulations to the Bucks and congratulations to the NFL. I mean, we didn't have any COVID cancellations this year, Chris. I mean, they went through an it's entire amazing. season in the midst of a pandemic, and we played a full season. and got We played some on Tuesday time. night, Wednesday yeah. night. Um, <laughs> we played a Friday game. Yep. We played. We hit all seven days mm-hmm. of the calendar this year. Absolutely, a unique season. absolutely a unique season that we're never going to forget. I wanted to ask you because of all your work that you do in the uh, coaching search world, do you think the process or timeline should change until after the Super Bowl? And the reason why I ask that is because let's say coaching interviews in this process could not start until after the Super Bowl. How many interviews would Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich be getting now? I mean, on the biggest stage against the best team, they showcased just what they could bring to the table. And it makes you wonder if now was the time where teams where teams were interviewing and whatnot, uh, wouldn't certainly Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles get some looks? Yes, they would. I mean, I give you an example. Your Jets hired Robert Sala. Mm-hmm. Last year, Robert was was a prime candidate, but because they made the Super Bowl and he was in the Super Bowl, it really it hurt his chances of getting it because the Niners and he did a great job coaching again this year. But because the Niners got knocked out early, it was to his advantage that he was able to get a job. I, I, I look, I think there's no question. Now, this year was a little different because of COVID getting face to face was more difficult, complex. You're not going to hire a coach just on a Zoom interview. You're you're going to have to meet face to face with them, and it is difficult. I do think it would make a difference. Look, I I think it's had an effect on Eric Bieniemy. There's no doubt. I mean, I I I look. Um, it's not being naive. There's some owners and and that that you know the the face of their franchise. We'd be naive to think that that there's not maybe overt, but subliminal racism that's still involved, the face of the team. They're just maybe not as comfortable, not dislike, but I'm more comfortable doing this. That's that's a form of racism in some way. But the reality is I think that Eric Bieniemy coaching in the Super Bowl two years in a row has hurt his chances from a timing standpoint for just the reasons that you mentioned. I mean, David Culley, and I'm thrilled for him, He's a lifer, 67 years old, but he got he got a job. 
Uh, but I, I, I think, I really think that if the Chiefs had gotten knocked out early and the Ravens were deep, I, I think Eric Bieniemy would be the head coach of the Texans for that, that reason mm-hmm. that you mentioned, just that reason, timing. So I do think it would be great. In fact, I think it would be fun for the league if it because it, you'd have maybe a couple of weeks of what we call the head coach or excuse me, the head coach slash assistant coach um, free agent frenzy, if you will, you know, movement. It would be interesting. It would be two weeks and you'd have two weeks to do that. I think it would make a lot of sense. Now, on the downside, Scott, is a lot of these moves, a lot of these deals get made under the table. So it could be you could have a deal and you just wait. But I'm with you. I'd like to see the cycle be frozen until it the the year's done. Now it is difficult because so let's take you know for people who don't know Scott's a Jet fan, and I ask you, I I I would like to see after the Super Bowl. Now everybody can go and interview, and you go. It got, it's like like you got to wait till the clock strikes midnight to start free agency. There's tampering and all legal tampering, but but go get them. How are you, staff? But if you're a Lions fan or you're a Jets fan, I'm trying to think. Is it? It's been. Is it been about a month since the played the last game? You're sitting there as a Jets fan. You're wondering. You don't have a coach. You don't have the one thing it does do. If you're the Jets or the Lions, it gives you a chance to put your staff together sooner and you can get to evaluate your team. They've had a whole month to evaluate their roster and make it's, some it's an extra month to prepare for the draft to for free agency mm-hmm. and the draft. So you take that away because if you do that, those guys don't have their staffs. It's, so I'm bringing that out is, yes, I'd like to see a rule implemented from that standpoint, but it does take away time in that that very valuable time. To evac- That's the one thing about being bad is it allows you to make yeah. your coaching changes and it allows you to evaluate your roster more, make decisions about where your priorities are, who you want to keep. So you get a head start on free agency and you get, a head start on the draft and those things are, and yet some teams, I hate to, I'm not trying to, you know, chide anybody, but jets or the lions, they still struggle year in and year out because getting it right. But, and, and the teams that are better, it, it, it's another way to give an advantage, but it does ultimately hurt the coach that's on a team that is successful. That's an assistant that may get the call. Um, so maybe the answer is look, allowing for more of an opportunity for those guys to be able to interview and maybe secure a deal, but maybe continue with the team. I mean, I, I think there's, there's something that needs to be looked at because I think it's a factor, but, but I just wanted to bring out both sides of it because I do think, I do think this, I think you can legitimately say we could have taken a couple of those coaches moves and it would have been different had, yeah. had we started it now, there's no doubt in my mind it would be in it, but that's that way every year. 
Uh, your thoughts on the potential Carson Wentz trade to the Chicago Bears that would include Nick Foles going back to Philadelphia to, I assume, serve as backup to Jalen Hurts? Well, I'm curious to see what type of offer Indy makes. I think Indianapolis is the better fit because of Frank. For Carson, you're saying, yeah. For Carson Wentz, and I, I think it's well, a Frank Reich. Player. Yeah, he was there with he was the he, coach with that uh, Carson won the MVP or he, he put together he, MVP he, season. Yeah, playing like playing like an MVP that year, no doubt about it. I think mean, I think the Bears is it's an interesting spot. Uh, there's a need there, and yeah, Nick Foles going back would be a real answer. I don't know if I'm buying a whole lot of it. I kind of know how the Eagles do their work, and they kind of. They kind of put stuff out in the media. I don't know how much legitimacy there is to it. I think that Carson Wentz is going to be moved, but I'm curious to see what type of what type of offer the Colts make, um, where they go, the Bears make, and let's see if there's anybody else involved. But um, I think we're going to see it. Um, I'm curious to see what else would happen. That's the next big one. Um, I'm curious to see, and there again, we just discussed it. The Jets have had time, and I think to look and see, compare Sam Darnold to what else is there out there in free agency or potentially um, the draft, certainly. Uh, I would think that they would decide that the best option for them is to build around Sam Darnold. But if it's not, see where they may go. I do know that Kyle Shanahan loves Sam Darnold. Um, that would be interesting if they do want to move them. So I think there's still there's some still interesting things that we need to follow. But Carson Wentz, a deal seems to be imminent with him. I like it as a better fit with the Colts than the Bears. But there's no doubt the Bears have got to fix that, don't they? I mean, that quarterback situation is they've been patient with the head coach and the GM. And um, that's an example. If you don't get the quarterback situation right, and you draft a quarterback high, and it's the wrong one, oh, does it hurt you? Does yeah. it hurt you for years and years, and, and we're seeing it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, it's interesting. You know, this is going to be a time when there's the quarterback carousel is uh, going to heat up. We're still waiting on the Deshaun Watson news, and, and we assume oh. he's going to be on the move. We just don't know when or where. Uh, if I, but I'll tell you what, though, and I was thinking about this in terms of the Deshaun Watson trade possibilities and yeah talking about my jets and looking at the super bowl this past super bowl that we just watched the other day i i I think the jets would be better served to keep the second overall pick and draft panay suel from oregon You, you have to have the offensive line as a foundation doesn't matter who your quarterback is Skill position players grow on trees. You can find them wherever you want. You know, I I argued against the Giants taking Saquon Barkley number two forever. Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick, Chris. You can find these guys. If you have the offensive line, the player will perform. You have to build the foundation. And I look back at my Jets teams that went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games. And what was the common denominator on both of those teams for Rex Ryan? No, it wasn't Rex Ryan leading a top five defense in the NFL with Bart Scott and all the playmakers on defense it w- and Darrell Rivas. No, and it wasn't the fact that the Jets had, you know, LaDainian Tomlinson and Santonio Holmes and Mark Sanchez was being a game manager. No, it was Alan Fanica, Nick Mangold, Damian Woody, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, 
the foundation of that team was the same offensive line for two seasons that really never missed a game. I think uh, the other one is uh, Chris Moore, maybe the other one I'm missing, or um, uh, I forget. Anyway, you, but you had four Pro Bowl linemen, five Pro Bowl. These guys were the foundation of a team. Jets did a great job last year of drafting Makai Becton. If you pair up Makai Becton with Panay Sewell, and now you have two foundational tackles that can anchor your offensive line for the next decade, that's how you build a winning team. Deshaun Watson is not going to do you any good if he's got no one protecting him. Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback in the NFL, the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL. He never stood a chance in that Super Bowl because he had a banged-up offensive line, and he was running for his life. So I think that especially when it comes to teams that are thinking about trading for Deshaun Watson or thinking about trading for Nick Foles and you're going to give up draft capital, I'd be very weary if I was the Jets giving up that second overall pick when you know that there is a generational talent at tackle that you can draft second overall. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we've seen Deshaun Watson right now. You take away a weapon away from him. You take away some offensive line problems. We see Deshaun Watson, you know, struggle some. I mean, I, I think they've had some success in Houston, but they've fallen short. Why? Now the team around them is not good enough. So if you're the Jets, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get Deshaun Watson in terms of draft capital. And so you remove opportunities to build a team around said quarterback, Deshaun Watson or anybody. But yeah. the difference you're right is I, I think, Sam Donald has the ability to be developed into a good quarterback. And I think building him, you know, not only with that pick with so, but, but I think there are other options. I mean, meaning with other picks, they got a chance to really start to build a good team and that's what they need to do. And I think they need to, they need to start hitting and developing and keeping and building. And, you know, I think they've got a culture builder in Robert Sala, but they've got to do that. They've got to, they've got to start to, bring some energy and some edge and some focus that they've lacked there for a while. It's almost been comical and, and they've got to do that. And you've got to be a good foundational team. And the other thing you need to do, and I think we saw this with the Bucks, is if you can be good on the line of scrimmage, you talked offensive line protect, but also defensively be a team that can be good up front. You got something there. You got something you you've got that with a talented quarterback you've got a chance to be good. You know, it doesn't guarantee you that you will be, but if you don't have the, those things, you are guaranteed to not be real successful. So, mm -hmm. look, I'm in agreement with you, and I think the cost is too heavy to make the move for Deshaun Watson. It, it will cost too much, and if you do it, then you got Deshaun Watson, just as you said, running around, trying to do something, and, you know, you traded all this guy and he's going to be the miracle worker. Well, there's, there are no miracle workers. It's a team <laughs> game. It's no such thing. It's a team game. And the great quarterback talent can flourish and blossom when you sow the seed around them and you do everything that is so necessary. So I, I'm in agreement with you. I'm absolutely in agreement with you on this. Um, so what do you have up on LandryFootball.com now? Yeah, uh, we do. We've got, uh, obviously, we're working on free agency. We're working on the draft. Obviously, we are going to keep everybody up to date in our notebooks on the um, transfer portal information in college. 
certainly going to be, uh, we, we, again, these trade moves, we're going to be on top of that. We've got all our podcasts like this one that are up there. So uh, the Twitch TV channel, you can uh, click on that. Uh, we got it all for you there. But this is probably this time of year is where our website is even most popular as we get the draft boards out, the scouting reports on these players. You know, this is the time of year where it is so important. Everybody's a little down because the football games are over. We do have Division One AA football, by the way, uh, this right. spring. But but, but we uh, but people are a little, got a little bit down because no games to watch. But I always say, without this time of year to get better and to improve your roster, college and the NFL, that's the real key to when we kick it off. And uh, gosh, I mean, we're already middle of February. I mean, before you know it, it's just. Draft will be here, and we'll be talking about mini camps, and we'll be here. So that's what we got at Landry Football. Hey, uh, let's get to a question here. Um, if we could, uh, Kev Calargo says, Chris, can you explain why some in the media are saying the Bucks played cover two all game, but you say they played cover seven? Well, I think a lot of it is they don't they don't see how they played uh, Tyreek Hill. They did play too mm. deep, so they're just talking about the two deep safeties, but just because you've got two deep safeties, they're different types of, you have straight cover two, you have two deep man under, you have cover seven, you have some cover three, some cover one that branches out. They did a lot of different things. They did run some straight cover two, but they mostly ran two deep safeties that helped with the outside receivers, corners with the outside receivers, and they ran bracket underneath Tyreek Hill. So they ran a lot of cover seven. I don't know, quite frankly, I people throw stuff out there when they hear it and they see it. They see the two deep safeties, so that to them means too deep, but there's more to it than that. There was a lot of cover seven look and some other mix uh, in there as well. Um, actually, don't have my notes in front of me. I, I could I, remind me, I will answer it on another. I'll, I'll, I can literally break down on each how many snaps were cover two, cover three, cover one, uh, two deep man under, cover seven. Um, it was a mixture. It was a mixture of all of it. But the big key in, in to the point of what they're saying, the two deep coverage was the real key there. It allowed them to get pressure without bringing extra guys. It allowed them – to keep those two deep guys to play outside and allow them the flexibility to play underneath. So a lot of times they bracketed Tyreek sometimes with a safety in, in a corner, uh, two safeties, sometimes a safety in the linebacker, sometimes a corner and a linebacker. So that's the difference and where maybe people are missing the, the cover seven part of it. So hopefully. Interesting stuff. Thanks so, thanks so much, Kev. Yeah, appreciate uh, all of you. Well, listen, the season might not be over, but things are just getting started for us, Chris. Uh, the offseason is really, you know, the best time of the year. It's a football is a 365 day a year sport. It never ends, especially at LandryFootball.com. You mentioned we have, uh, you know, FBS football this spring, which is going to be uh, pretty interesting. Um, no playoffs, I believe, for Division two or three. But I think each conference might do a little championship game. But, uh, you know, we'll see North Dakota State, the powerhouse. They'll be in action soon. Um, and then we'll get to watch all that because, hey, uh, there's going to be NFL talent, Chris, that is going to get drafted in April. That's actually playing in the next couple. Yeah, of months. yeah, we're gonna we're 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 trying to figure all this out. Um, and for those that say, 
hey, what a good idea. Let's have Division One AA football in the spring all the time. It brings more attention. A, no. <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to be as popular, although I, I get it. A lot of people are not watching it in the fall, but it, it's really it's a hindrance to these guys because they can't work out. They'll play, but they can't work out, and there's some medical issues that w- we may have to look at having an additional supplemental draft to have some of these guys in. But yeah. anyway, into that later. By the way, in lieu of a combine, we're going to have a lot of different individual workouts, which is another reason to hop on over the Landry yep. football. We'll keep you up to date on all how that's working out, how the things are going out of, you know, what, what we're getting out of the Zoom meetings, which is, you know, again, different, but it's the, it's the way we're going to do it. Um, I am curious to see. I don't know the answer. I got to ask this like I would know this answer. Right? There's no way. I'm hopeful, Scott, that we as we get into the summer, that we are got enough of COVID behind us where we're we're not talking about how we're going to handle COVID, but we're talking about the football season. And I'm hoping, because I've been asked this and I don't have the answer, I'm hoping that we we are made enough progress with COVID to where we're going to have lots of fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know if we are. Um, I know that's what everybody wants. So yeah, they're telling everybody like Dr. Fauci and everybody saying, go out and get your vaccine. And you know, I, all, all the things that we need to do and, and maybe we can have full, I, I was, I would be remiss that as the final seconds kicked off of the Super Bowl, I was thinking, what is next Super Bowl 56 going to be like in Los Angeles? We know mm-hmm. out in California, it's been kind of a worse situation. So let's hope and pray that we got a full stadium in that new stadium in California. And I don't absolutely. know that I don't know that anybody can say, Oh, absolutely. We definitely will. But I don't know that anybody can say, absolutely. We definitely won't. So let's hope that things will work out there, but I, isn't it going to be great. Hopefully to, to be talking about football and not having to mix in how we're going to deal with the COVID issue. We're going to have to deal with it. Mini camps and training camps and virtual drafts and combine. We can deal with that, but yeah. given our football season, when we get to, to hopefully a preseason and the regular season and it's all football and we're not having to worry about positive tests or, or contract tracing and things like that. Very well said. Uh, do yourselves a favor, head to LandryFootball.com for the latest breaking news and analysis. You can follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. You can follow me at Scott's on Air. Be sure to subscribe to Landry Football's conference call wherever you get your podcasts from and join us each and every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern right here on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Like I said, the fun doesn't just stop because the Super Bowl uh, is over. There's plenty to talk about in the NFL. We're going to get to it each and every week with you. So join us in the chat room, ask your questions, and be as involved in the show as we are. We do this for you. So please join us each and every week here on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football for chris i'm scott for you guys we'll talk to you next week we'll uh have plenty to talk about and who knows maybe some quarterbacks on the move <laughs> maybe my yeah, my, we have a new home for carson went that may be the lead story <laughs> where he's headed we may likely have a new home by the time we speak next week we'll see talk to you next week everyone judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.